Psalm 103. Psalms 103. I want to talk to the last few weeks. We've been, uh, this, well, this whole year. Uh, in 2019, we have been talking about, here we are, this, this is the third week in July, and we're still talking about the supernatural. Amen. And uh, the Lord gave us the word the first of the year that, that, um, that you know, that 2019 would be a year when the when the supernatural becomes our new natural. In other words, we'll be so used to walking in the supernatural that it'll come, it'll, it'll, it'll come just like it's natural to us. And that's the way God wants our lives to be. He wants us, he wants us to, um, you know, to involve Him in everything, to be so used to involving Him in everything. Because remember, we've defined the supernatural and what we're talking about. We've defined the supernatural and, and what, we're, what we're referring to here is just... Uh, Anything that God is involved in is going to be supernatural, right? And because, because it's greater than the natural. And, you know, we can all live, and we all do live on a natural plane because we have a body that we live in, and we touch and taste and feel and hear and see uh, the natural, the natural uh, world that we live in. But God wants us to live higher than that. He wants us to live from a supernatural place where we involve Him and we get Him involved in everything we do, and therefore we're not limited to just simply what the natural has for us. But we can go a step further than that, and we can get God involved in it, and, and become everything in our life can become supernatural. And here, uh, and so the last few weeks, especially the last three or four weeks, I guess, we've been looking at some practical ways, some some practical ways to walk in the supernatural, to to uh, you know, how to involve God in our everyday life. Last week we, we looked at the difference between uh, living in the flesh versus living in the spirit. And, you know, and, and, and basically the biggest part of that whole sermon was just making right choices, right? Choosing to do the right thing, choosing God over, over the flesh. And, you know, so, so we, we've, we've looked at all kinds of different things. And I want to kind of continue along those lines today. Now, this weekend, Stacy and I had the uh, opportunity to go to to uh, a conference up in Charlotte, and Bill Johnson was there. Bill and, and his wife Benny, and then uh, Mahesh and Bonnie Shavda. And, and man, I mean, the whole weekend—Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday—man, God was just speaking to me so much, and and just sharing with me um, just so many things to to, to share with you. And I'm, I'm going to share a few with you today, and then probably next week we'll get into some of the other things that God spoke to me, but. But um, uh, we're going to do that at the end, some very specific things God said to share with, with the church here uh, this morning. But one of the things we talked about, and we looked at this scripture before, but this is in Psalm 103, was about the benefits of being in the presence of the Lord. And we talked about you know, how there's benefits to being in His presence. There's fullness of joy in His presence, right? There's, I mean, there's, there's peace, there's, there's uh, wisdom. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, benefits to being in the presence of God and being uh, with God. And I want, to, I want to take that a little step further because uh, let's, let's read this, Psalm 103, and we'll read the first five verses, and then uh, we'll look at a couple things here. The psalmist David said this. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? The Amplified says in verse 3, um, talking about the benefits, he says, who forgives every one of your iniquities, who heals each one of your diseases. So, you know, the benefits... How many, you know, we all know when we, when we start working for uh, a company or, uh, you know, we may even start our own company or, or most of the time we start out by working for somebody else, most of those jobs come with benefits. And a lot of times people will actually switch jobs so that they can get greater benefits. You know, if a company offers greater benefits, you know, for about the same amount of pay or sometimes even the pay is higher, and, but the benefits, you know, like benefits that come with a job might be, you know, they may, they may pay for all your insurance, or they may pay for half of it, or, you know, some, some companies don't even offer insurance. And, you know, so there's different benefits that, ha- that come with the, with the job that you have. And, uh, but how many of you know that you have to take advantage of those benefits? You know, when you, when you sign up for a company, you start to work for a company, 
they may, they may say, well, we're going to pay for all of your insurance. But, you know, if you never take the paperwork and sign the paperwork and fill the paperwork out, you could work for that company for years and never take advantage of that benefit. Because there's a part you play in that. You've got to fill the paperwork out. You've got to sign it. You've got to choose which plan you want. You know, there's a lot to that. And, and that goes with all the different benefits. It's like the old story that the guy that bought a ticket uh, back in the, uh, back, you know, way back when they used to travel the ocean with, on, the, on ships, you know, and they didn't have the airplanes that, that flew over and people would, would get, on the, get on a boat and go for weeks, you know, and cross the ocean to get to, get to the other, other continents and stuff. And uh, this guy buys this ticket, and, and it's, all he, it's all he could do. To, he, he scrounged up every penny he had, and, and he you know, and barely had enough to buy the ticket. So, so he was thinking to himself, well, man, I'm not even going to have enough money to eat on. And so he packed him a whole bunch of cheese and crackers. And, and for like two weeks, you know, he, he, ate, he lived on cheese and crackers because he just had enough money to buy the ticket. And well, like the very last day, he's walking by the, the mess hall there, the, the dining room, and he happens just to peek in, and he sees everybody's there eating on the, the buffet and eating the real nice food and all this stuff. And, and it just so happened the captain was walking down the hall, and, and the captain got, you know, saw him. He said, hey, he said, he said I've seen you. Uh, he, said, he said, I've seen you around, but he said, I hadn't seen you eat with us. He said, is everything okay? He said, did you not like the food or something? And, and the guy's like, well, no. And he was kind of embarrassed about it. He said, well... He said, I hate to even say this. He said, but he said the ticket was so expensive that I didn't have money. He said, I just didn't have any money to, to eat in the dining hall. He said, I just had to, I've just been eating cheese and crackers these, these couple weeks we've been on the, 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 the sea, you know. And the captain looked at him and said, he said, excuse me? He said, I don't understand. And, and, and he, said, uh, he said, you didn't realize that, that the meals were provided with the ticket. Well, see, a benefit to buying the ticket was you got to eat. But this guy didn't know that, so he, he had spent that whole time eating cheese and crackers when he could have been dining on the, on the buffet in the, on, in the dining hall. Well, just because, the, just because the benefit's there, if you don't take advantage of it, then you can, you can live on a lower level than God wants you to. You see, in our Christian life, there's, there's benefits to, to understanding who we are in Christ. There's benefits to knowing your identity. There's benefits to knowing what God has purchased for you, what Jesus purchased for you on the cross. And if you, but if you don't take advantage of those things, then you can, you can stay eating cheese and crackers while God's wanting you to dine on the buffet. Amen. Now, the Lord gave me this example, and this might be, this might be kind of weird, but, but uh, you know, he, he just gave this to me. Uh, Tashmere, there's a couple pictures on there. I want you to put that first picture up for me. I think I got them loaded on there this morning. All right. So here is a 1919 uh, Dodge Touring car. Now, that's a nice-looking car, isn't it? You know, it's an old-timey car. I mean, it's one... Actually, this is the car, uh, if it looks... Well, I mean, I'm sure... It, I start to say if it looks familiar. I mean, but a lot of these cars look the same. But, like, if you, if you saw the movie... Uh, uh, oh, what's the, the movie I'm trying to think of? Um... Uh, Stacy's favorite, Stacy's favorite movie. What is it? Uh, the singing. Uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it. Sound of Music. Thank you. It, this was this was the car that was like in the Sound of Music. One of the cars that you know that they that they had there in the Sound of Music. But it's a 1919 uh, Dodge Touring car is what it was called. Comes with a whopping 24 horsepower. At the time, now listen to this though, at the time in 1919, the cost of this car was like $1,000. Now that was a whole lot of money in 1919. I mean, it was the top of the line. But I want you to notice something. That, that car did not have power steering. Anybody ever driven a car without power steering? That car did not have air conditioning. That car more than likely didn't have a radio in it. You know, there was a lot of things that we, that, that we have today that that car doesn't have. Now, it's a car, right? It will get you from point A to point B, but that car is a whole lot different than this car. Put the next picture up there. Since this was a Dodge, I'll just show you this car. This is a 2019 
Dodge Challenger, the name of it, I, I don't like the names that they put in some of these cars, but this is a Dodge Challenger Hellcat. This is one of the fastest production cars ever made. This thing has 800 horsepower. Now the first one, the first one had, the, the 1919 car had 24 horsepower. This one has 800 horsepower. This car will go 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It's a beast. This car, fully loaded, fully decked out. This is like a rare edition. This is a SRT, a, a very rare. I mean, they didn't make very many of them. But this car, fully decked out with all of the, the bells and whistles that you could get on it, $90,000. $90,000. But guess what? It has, it has power steering. It has air conditioning. It has a, 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 you know, a premium sound system. It has all those things that that other car didn't have. But now both of them are still cars, right? Now we could go a step further. Let's look at this next picture. This is a 2019 Bugatti, one of the rarest cars. I mean, they only make just a handful of them. Anybody want to take a guess at how much this car cost? $3.6 million. Now guess what? This car, this car will do the same thing that that 1919 car would do. You could start it up, you could put it in drive, you could drive, you could steer the steering wheel. You know, it's a car. But guess what? There's benefits to this car that that first car didn't have. Now, just so you'll know, in case you're wanting to get one of these, um, the insurance on this car, I, I just I was reading an article about it, the insurance on this car it costs $60,000 a year to insurance, just to put insurance on this car, just to drive it. $60,000 just to put insurance on it. Crazy, isn't it? But now listen, both of them are cars, right? You can do the same thing. You could, like I said, you could get in it and get from point A to point B. This one, you could get there a whole lot quicker than the other ones. You know, it's one, this one, this one the, the, that Dodge car, the Dodge one, the 2019 Challenger, it had a top speed of like 206 miles an hour. This one has a top speed of 260 miles an hour. Now, where are you going to go 260 at? I don't know, but, but it says it'll do that, right? So, so there's benefits, you know, to getting these, these things like this, these newer cars, the, the, you know, the, the newer technology, the newer things. There's benefits in there that don't, you know, that the other cars don't have. Well, I want to I want to share something with you this morning that according to 2 Corinthians 5:17, when you get born again, when you ask Jesus to come into your life, all of a sudden God comes in and does something new on the inside of you. And and it's not just a remodeling. He doesn't just take a a 1919 car and and kind of transfer it into a 1930s car, you know, just to make things a little bit better. But actually, there's one translation that says from that scripture in 2 Corinthians 5:17 that says you become. He says you become a brand new species that never existed before. In other words, you become you become like the Bugatti of automobiles. Your spirit man does. Because all of a sudden now there's not there's not uh, replicas of you everywhere. Like you don't see a car like this driving around in Lancaster very often. Probably never. You know, and it's the same thing in the Spirit. When God created you, now listen guys, when God created you, He created you so special that there's nobody else in the world just like you. And then when He came to move in, when, when you accepted Christ as your Savior and, and your Lord, you made Him the Lord of your life, then, then when He moved in, He brought some benefits... And we've looked at we've looked at some of those already. Like one of the greatest ones that that, that uh, you know that, that we've talked about a lot is the Bible says that in His presence is fullness of joy, not just happiness, not just not just joyful every once in a while. But He says that in His presence there's fullness of joy. But now listen, I want to talk to you this morning about some other benefits that come with having a relationship with God. Now you might you know. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and, and raise my hand and say I'm guilty of this today because 
I'm going to, I'm going to preach a sermon that's going to make you feel good today. So if you say, Pastor, you're just a feel-good preacher. Well, this morning I'm guilty. Because I want, you, I want to encourage you, and I want you to get excited about the benefits of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because there's benefits that you won't get anywhere else. And there's things that He can do in your life that nobody else can do. No company, no business, no, no person. There's, there's things that, that can happen in your life if you just simply say yes to Him and, allow, and learn how to walk in the supernatural, learn how to walk with Him every day of your life. Now let me ask you this. How many of you believe that your uh, relationship with God brings benefits. How many of y'all believe that? Anybody, anybody believe that? All right, well, let me show you just a couple. I want to look at, we're going to look at two different things, and then I want to share with you what God told me to, to share with you today. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Now, I'm, I've got to go real quick, so, so we're going to, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to uh, throw, throw quite a few scriptures. I've got about six or seven scriptures here to give you before we get to where we're going, just to lay a good foundation. So listen to some of the listen to the benefits of having a relationship with God. This is in Matthew chapter ten. This is Jesus talking here, and this is when he commissions the uh, when he he gets his disciples together. He commissions his disciples to go out, and and he instructs them. He gives them some instructions about uh, what he has given them and the, the ability that his disciples have. Now let me remind you. His disciples were still under the Old Covenant. He had not died yet. The Holy Spirit had not come to live on the inside of them yet as, as we read this. Okay? So just keep that in mind. And the reason I say that is because you and I have a better covenant than even what they had at this point. Now, yes, they had Jesus. Are you all okay with that? I didn't get no amens on that. I'm going to make sure, make sure you all understand that. Did you understand? When, when, when Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the disciples, those 12 disciples, when they walked the earth, they had Jesus with them, but he was one person. He couldn't be with... If they went to 12 different towns, he could only be at one place at one time when he walked the earth because he walked the earth as a man. When, when he died and when he told them, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan, I'm not going to, you know, but I'm going to send another comforter. We, I mean, if you come here any, any length of time, you know that scripture and you know what that means. He, he told them basically, he said, I'm going to send somebody identical to myself, but now they're just not going to walk beside you. They're going to live in you. So if they went, so have, you know, you take 100 people in here today, and if we go to 100 different cities in, in, in North and South Carolina, he's with every one of us. We don't, have to, we don't have to wonder, well, where's Jesus? I need Him to go with me. No, He's in you. Amen. That's the, that's the, that the, the privilege of having a relationship. That's a benefit of having a relationship with Him is that He never leaves you. Amen. Amen. So let's look at what Jesus told them were some of the benefits of His relationship with His disciples. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. He says, As you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is a hand. And then look at verse number 8. Here, here was his instructions to them. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, so freely give. So Jesus told them that some of the benefits that they had with being in a relationship with him was that as they went and preached the gospel and talked about the kingdom that they could heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely, just as freely as they received it, because it didn't cost them. What did it cost them? He did, Jesus didn't have a, a registration fee. He didn't say, hey, if you can come up with 500 bucks, I'll let you in on this. I, I read that scripture when we opened up this morning. It said, you know, the, 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 the religious people asked Jesus, they said, they said, how do you work the works of God? And what was Jesus' response? He said, this is the work of God, that you believe on Him who sent me. So what was the cost for the disciples to get this? They're believing in Jesus. 
When you believe in Jesus, guess what? The same mandate, this same mandate still exists. That Jesus is still telling us today, as we go and preach the gospel, as we go and live our lives, as we go and walk in the supernatural, we can heal the sick, raise the dead, clean the lepers. Amen. All right. Well, I'm not too excited about that, but we'll go on. Matthew 28. Let me show you something else he said. Now, this is known as the Great Commission. Jesus is uh, the last words that he speaks while he's on the earth. He's getting ready to ascend up into heaven. And the, the disciples, this is in two different places in Matthew, and we're going to look in Mark's account too. Uh, he's standing here, and he's getting ready to ascend up into heaven, and he's giving them final instructions. And he says, so here's what I want you to do. Here's, your final, here's the final thing that I want you to do. And, and uh, verse 17, this is Matthew 28, verse 17. It says, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now notice that. They saw him, but some, some still doubted that Jesus had been risen from the dead. Now that's going to come into play in just a minute, and I want to so keep that in mind. But look at verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. In other words, what he said then, basically, here's, what, here's the, the meaning of that. He said, he said when I, wrote, when I got risen from the dead, when I rose from the dead, he said, all power was given back to me. Who, who had the power before? Satan had, had taken, that, taken that authority away from Adam and Eve, right? Jesus, when Jesus was getting ready to leave, he said, listen, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. What does that mean? If he has all power, then there's somebody out there that's acting like they got power, they ain't got no power. Jesus said all power in heaven and in earth is given to him. So when Satan comes around and, and tries to act all powerful towards you, we can just look at him and say, you ain't got no power because Jesus has got it all. Amen. He said all power has been given to him in heaven and in earth. So then he turned around and said, since you're my disciples, he said, then you can go now in that same power. What's that power? What, what is that power? What's the benefits of having that power. Look what he said. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And he says, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So Jesus said, Part of the benefits of that is that I am with you wherever you go. Matthew, Matthew chapter 10 there Jesus said, you know, part of the, the benefits is heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, you know, do, do that, raise the dead. Here he said, wherever you go, I will be with you now. Turn over to Mark, and let's look at Mark's account of this. <clears throat> Mark 16. Come on now, this, I mean, man, this should be stirring you up, this because this, this, is who, this is who he said we are. This is the mandate that he still says exists for you and I. In Mark's account, Mark says this. Notice, uh, we'll just start in verse 13. Um, and this is, this is the, the same account that, that uh, Matthew had near the end of his life. He's getting ready to ascend up into heaven. And says, They went and told it unto the residue, or to the rest of them, um, Neither believe they them. Now, here again, you see people that don't believe it. Let, let, I'll just give you a, just a little nugget here before we, we go on. If you don't believe it, if you don't believe in the benefits, then you'll never be able to take advantage of the benefits. In other words, let's take it back to your job for a minute. If you got a new job, you work for a company, and, and you sat down at the, at the employment meeting when they first when they first hired you and when they're signing you on and stuff and telling you what they'll pay you, and they hand you a benefit package and they say, here's your benefits, here's your insurance, here's this, here's this, here's this. And you, know, and you walk out of there and for some reason, for whatever reason it may be, you may think, because you heard somebody else say, well, well, that company don't offer benefits. They don't offer insurance. Well, they give you the papers that shows you they have insurance, but then you walk out of there thinking, well, that's a lie. They don't... They don't they don't offer insurance, and you throw it in the trash. Well, guess what? You won't get to take advantage of the insurance they offer. If you don't believe it, and you don't act on it, 
then you'll never take advantage of it. You'll never get the benefits of it. So here in, in, in Matthew and in Mark, we both have, hear accounts of where they told people about, about Jesus being risen from the dead and, and what Jesus told them. And in both accounts, they said people didn't believe them. Verse 14, he goes on to say this, Afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and he upbraided them with their unbelief. In other words, man, I mean, he, you know, he got on to them. He fussed at them because they had unbelief. Because he said, I told you, I told you the truth, and you didn't believe me. We could spend a lot of time on that, but, but let's go on. He upbraided them because of their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So, so Jesus scolded them, basically, and, and told them, said, you know, you should have believed. I told you, you know, you should have been looking for this. But then verse 15 goes on, and he says, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Then verse 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Notice he didn't say that shall follow the fivefold ministry or follow those that have money or follow those that are privileged. Jesus said, These are the signs that will follow those that believe. Let me ask you, how many of y'all believe? I asked you that once. Well, some of you didn't even raise your hand that time. You're afraid. <laughs> I had a lot more hands raised the first time because you're thinking, I know the next verse, right? So Jesus said, Jesus said, these are the signs that will believe that will follow those that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if, and if they drink any deadly thing that shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Come on, Jesus said that's the benefits of those that believe. Oh, Pastor, I don't believe in that. Well, then don't do it. You won't do it. You'll never lay hands on the sick and they'll see them recover. You'll never, you'll never raise the dead. You'll never cast out demons. Well, that's, I, just, I just don't believe in that. Well, then just drive the 1919 car. Hey, you're still going to heaven. If you're a believer, you're still going to heaven. You don't have, you don't have to drive the Bugatti. You can. You know, you can putt-putt around in the little 1919 car and say, I'm on my way to heaven. <laughs> or you can jump in the top of the line and say, hey, I'm taking everything Jesus has for me, brother. Zoom! You know. <laughs> Put me on the Autobahn, right? <clears throat> but here he said, he said, these are the signs that follow them that believe. This is the benefits of being a believer. But you have to believe. Not only, not only be a believer in the fact, believe in Jesus, but you have to believe in the benefits. You have to believe that Jesus said, you are a believer, and if you're a believer, these are the signs that will follow you. Well, I've never experienced that. Well, just because you hadn't experienced it don't mean anything. It just means you haven't stepped out. But guess what? If you're a believer, you can do all of this. He said these are the signs. Now listen, the question comes down, if you, if you argue with that and you say, oh no, Pastor, that's, you know, we can't do that today, then you're calling Jesus a liar. Because what, what did he say? Did he put a time frame on it? Did he say these signs shall follow the early believers? He said these signs shall follow them that believe. We all raised our hand, most of us did, raised our hand and said, I'm a believer. So the benefits of being a believer are these things. And it's up to us to believe that. And you might say, well, Pastor, how, can, how in the world can that be? Well, let's look at what John said. Let's look at a few verses in John. John chapter 14. And man, I've got to get going. John 14. Let's just look real quickly. Verse 12. Now, this, is, this was John. Here's, here's an, let me, I, I want to throw about four scriptures at you real quick here, and we're just going to just hit them, hit them real hard. Uh, John 14, verse 12. He said this. John said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, how many believers have we got? Amen. I mean, now listen, we're talking about, we're talking about the benefits of a believer. 
Right? Is, is he still talking about that? Jesus, this is in red, so Jesus is talking about those that believe on Him. He says, I say unto you, He that believeth on Me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto My Father. So Jesus just said, the same works He did, raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, all, all of the things that Jesus did, he said, one of the benefits that you get for believing in me is that you can do the same thing I did. Hallelujah. Sign me up, right? And, whatso- and now listen to verse 13. Now, it even gets better. He says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, now we understand, we understand he's, you know, the qualification of that is if you are a believer, you're not going to ask something that, that violates your beliefs. I like Bill Johnson said it this way, God will always say no to any prayer that hinders your purpose in life. In other words, if, if, if it violates the purpose, if it violates... The destiny, if it violates the purpose that God has you here for, then God's not... In other words, He's not going to bless you with a million dollars if He knows you're going to spend that million dollars on drugs. Because it violates the purpose of why you're here. And it'll hinder you more than it'll help you. Amen. So Jesus said, listen, He said, he said if, if you're a believer and you believe in Him, ask... You go on down to verse, look at verse, uh, or actually chapter 15, just the next chapter over. He says it again. Jesus says this like three times in three, ver- uh, three chapters. Verse 17, or verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 7 and 8, he says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So here it is again. One of the things about prayer is this. One of the awesome things about prayer is when you get prayers answered, it, glorif- it brings glory to God. And he says, so here, he said, here's the purpose. You, you are supposed to bear fruit so God gets the glory. That's a benefit of being a believer. Then look at uh, verse 16, the same chapter. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. One more. Chapter 16, verse 23. And we could talk a lot, but the verses surrounding that, but look at verse 23. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. This is 16.23. In that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. The benef- one of the major benefits of, of having a relationship with, with Jesus is that we, have, we can get our prayers answered. And those prayers bring glory to God. I'm going to leave that hanging right there because, because uh, the biggest question, and, and, and even as I said that, I, I, I heard that in the Spirit, the biggest question is, that why am I not getting my prayers answered? That's probably the biggest question that most believers ask. Why are my prayers not being answered? I'll address that. We may look at that next week. We may, we may start looking at that uh, next week. But I've but I got I to gotta share something with you. So I want to stop right there just for a second. This week... Um, while we were at the conference, the Lord started speaking to me about some things, and uh, and it pertains to just what we've talked about. But the Lord started speaking to me about some things, and about uh, He brought to mind probably about uh, six specific people, and about half of them are here today. But but about well, for various reasons, but but especially about six different people. He he specifically reminded me of things. That I had that I had prophesied over that I had words of wisdom or words of knowledge or or had a uh, you know spoken a prophecy over them or whatever the case may be, 
and, and we haven't seen the full manifestation of it yet. And, um, you know, it's almost kind of like you're... The way, the way it was described at this conference and, and is when the Lord started talking to me, it was like you're right on the edge of something and it's like you almost know that you, you can almost feel like you're about to step over into something but you can't quite get there. Have you ever felt that way? Like you kind of know something's getting ready to happen. Like God's getting ready to do something but, but you know, you just can't, you know, I just can't take that, that step to get there. And, and that, you know, and... and the, the question is, you know, what, what do we do to, to take that step? How do, we, how do we go to the next, to the next level there? Well, in, in these instances that I just read to you, there was a couple, a couple of them said in there that, that when, when, they, when they shared the, the word that Jesus had risen, that some didn't believe. So the Lord started, the Lord started sharing some things with me, and He, started, he, and, and he, he exhorted me just to... Uh, just to encourage you guys in this today, and this is the word that the Lord specifically for us that He wanted me to share with you. Let's let's turn to two passages. Turn to uh, Matthew chapter ten. Matthew chapter ten, just real quick. I want to try and do this real quick. Matthew chapter ten, verse forty-one. Let, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question. How many of you? How many of you would say? Um, that, that you have had a word, whether it's been here or somebody else, it doesn't have to be just here. But how many of you would say that you've had a word spoken over you, a word of prophecy, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and you haven't seen it come to pass yet? Let me, let me see your hand. You, have, you know, somebody's spoken something over you, and, and you're still waiting on the, on the fullness, the full manifestation of it. Keep your hands up. I just want to see. All right, that's a good majority of it. Okay. All right. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that in the fact that you know, yeah, we want the answers quickly, and we want them to come. But, but uh, hopefully, with what with what the Lord is going to share with us today, we're going to start seeing some of those things come to pass quickly. Amen. So here in Matthew chapter ten, this is Jesus talking again, and, and man, we could talk a lot about this whole chapter. But in verse forty one, I just want to pull this one this one verse out, the verse forty one and forty two, and uh, or verse forty one really. Jesus made this, this statement. He said, He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And, you know, that principle of, you know, he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. What, what was he talking about? He was talking about, it's kind of the same thing that, that what, we, what we've been sharing about. If you believe... If you believe your company has benefits, you'll act on it. Well, when somebody speaks a word of prophecy uh, over you, then you have a choice. You can say, well, I believe that, and I believe that will come to pass in my life. Or you can say, you know, I really don't believe that's true. And just because somebody spoke it over you doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen. Because if you, speak, if you speak words against that word, in other words, somebody comes up and says, you know, by such and such a time, you know, next year, you know, you're going to have, you know, a new job or, or whatever the case may be. I mean, and, and then, you know, you walk away from that and, and you might even start believing it. You might even, you know, start out saying, well, I believe that. I'm, I'm going to receive that. And I believe that, you know, in such, in such and such a time, I'll have that. Well, a month, you know, a week, a day, a week, a month passes, and then all of a sudden you haven't seen that come to pass yet, and all of a sudden, you know, the thoughts start coming. Well, that that really wasn't a true word. That they, you know, they were just saying that they made that up, or you know, and then all of a sudden you start thinking and you start having these beliefs. Well, yeah, I don't really, you know, I guess I guess that wasn't a true word. Then all of a sudden, guess what you did? You just spoke against that word. And now you're not believing that word. Now you're in unbelief. And unbelief never got you anything. Except for in deeper trouble. Amen. Now, turn with me real quick to Ephesians. I'm, I'm going to tie all this together, I promise, or I'm going to try to. Ephesians chapter 4. And I just want to show you um, this scripture real quick. It's Ephesians chapter 4. And look at verse number 7. <clears throat> I 
Ephesians 4, 7. It says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Whether he saith when he ascended up on high, wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Now notice that. That when Jesus was risen from the dead, he led captivity captive. In other words, he brought those that believed in God, he brought them with him out of the grave. And then it says, but he gave gifts unto men. Now what kind of gifts did he give to men? Let's read the next couple of verses. He says, now that he, now, now that he ascended, what is it but that, he, that but, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth... He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. Basically, that was just confirming that Jesus, it was Jesus who, who came to the earth, died, descended into the depths of hell, was raised from the dead, and now he's sitting up in heavenly places. You know, basically, in a nutshell, that's what, there's a lot deeper than that, but I, I ain't got time to teach on that this morning. But verse 11, here's the, here's the verse I want to get to. Here's the gifts that, that God that he says that, that he gave to the to, to the to men. It says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith um, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the full unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of of Christ, that we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And he goes on to share some other things. But here's what I want you to see. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he gave gifts to men. And that was the fivefold ministry, the prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and, and uh, uh, teachers. And so he gave the fivefold ministry. And those gifts, you have, to, you have to receive those gifts before they will do you any good. Matthew 10, Jesus said, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll get a prophet's reward. Well, if you receive a pastor in the name, or in the, in the, in the gifting of a pastor, then you will receive a pastor's reward. Now, what does that mean? People ask me all the time, you know, especially new people that come in the church, well, what, what should we call you? You know, because some people call their... Uh, pastors, they call them preachers, they call them pastor, they call them reverend, they call them just their first name, whatever, whatever you know, people call them all kinds of different things. BJ mentioned earlier, he had no idea that I was going to be sharing this, but he mentioned earlier that there's a huge difference between a preacher and a pastor. Now, you could do a whole teaching on this, but, but here's, here's what I tell people about when they say, what, sh you know, what, what should we call you or whatever. And I tell them, I say, well, you know, I say, you can call me whatever you want to, but I said, but if you, if you want a pastor's reward, then you've got to pull on the gift of pastor. You see, because pastor is not just a surname for me. It's the gift that God put down on the inside of me. Now, if you just call me Stephen, Stephen can't help you very much. I mean, you know, I can do some things in the natural, and I can, you know, have some resources that I can... Get, get my hands on and different things like that. I mean, but Stephen can't help you very much. But, but if you call him pastor and you pull that gift out of me that God has put on the inside of me, then all of a sudden, then you have all the resources of heaven available to you because now you're pulling on the gift that God said He gave to men. You receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. What does that mean? You, you recognize somebody as being prophetic. You, you recognize somebody as having that gifting of the prophetic. And you say, I received that. And then, then you will receive the reward of having a prophet in your midst. Yeah. The same as a pastor. If you, if you receive a pastor and you say, I want to be, I want to, I want, you know, to be pastored, then, or, and that word pastor is just shepherd or overseer. But here's the thing about a pastor. A pastor will have all five, uh, all five of the fivefold ministries. He'll have a little bit of all that working in his life. Just because of the whole need of, of he's shepherding, he's, he's watching over. The Bible says he, he is the shepherd of your soul. So here, here's what the Lord told me. He said that some of the words that have been spoken, especially in this house, I can't speak for, for other places, 
But he said, he said some of the words that had been speaking, spoken over in this house, he said that some of the people that had received those, and I'm just, I'm just sharing with you what the Lord told me this weekend, he said some of the people that received some of those words need to repent for speaking things against that word. Not necessarily that you spoke against me or you said anything bad, but, but when, you, when you have the thought or you, you start saying, well, I, well, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't receive, I, I think that, I don't think that, that that'll come to pass. Well, then all of a sudden you, you spoke against that. Malachi, in Malachi, you can read Malachi, he said, he said that God rebuked them and he said, you, he said, your words have been stout against me. And they said, how have our words been stout against you? He said, when you say that, that, you know, that these things won't come to pass, he said, your words are stout against me. And, and so what he's saying here, what the Lord told me was this, that, that when, you, when you mix your faith with a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or, or you know, a prophecy or a tongue and interpretation, when you mix your faith with that and you put your faith and you say, I believe that I will receive that, then all of a sudden it energizes that word and you'll see it come to pass a whole lot quicker. And if you don't believe that word, then, then that word will carry no weight with you. Last scripture, turn to Hebrews. Uh, Paul shared this scripture with me this morning and it just fit in, it fit in perfect to this. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Well, let me get to Hebrews. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1, 1 through 3. Listen to this. Paul said this. He said, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of entering into rest, any of you should seem to come up short of it. We could put in there any of you that has had a word of prophecy over you. We don't want you to come short of that word. Because I, I can, I, I'll speak for myself. I can't speak for everybody that's prophesied over people. But, but as far as I know, I mean, I can't think of a time that this is not true. But as far as I know, any word that I've ever spoken out over somebody, I've, I truly believe that it has come from the Lord. I, have, I don't sit up here and try to make up words to give to people. Now, if I just made up words and just try to think of something nice to say to somebody, then I couldn't have much confidence that God would do that. But when, but when, God, when, God, when I feel like that God has inspired me to say something, then I can walk in full confidence to believe that that word will come to pass in your life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and, and that you shouldn't come short of that word. And then verse 2, he says unto this, now listen to this though. He says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So see, when you have a word spoken over you, you have to mix your faith with it. And sometimes faith requires action, right? You have to mix your faith with it so that you'll see it come to pass in your life. Just because somebody, just because a pastor or a minister stood up, stood before you and, and called a, you know, said said something over you, doesn't mean that that automatically is just going to happen. You have to put your faith with it. And the, what the Lord was sharing with me this weekend was this: He just, uh, he, he basically, from from my interpretation of what the Lord was speaking to me, was saying this: that some of us, and I'll include myself in that too, because I'm not. This is not pointing fingers or or saying somebody's wrong or something, but some of us have just not mixed faith with the words that's been spoken over us. And we're, we haven't seen it come to pass, and sometimes it even goes so far as to we start blaming God because He didn't do what somebody said that He would do. But yet we haven't mixed faith with it to see it come to pass in our lives. So what the Lord said, He said, he said for me to tell you, this he said that if you have if you have not been mixing faith with those words that have been spoken over you just to simply repent and say lord i'm sorry i, I believe that those every word spoken over me will come to pass Amen. and he said as you do that he said then 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 supernaturally those words are right back on top and he said that those things are going to come to pass quickly in your lives and I, and I firmly believe, now listen, as I prayed this out, and I was praying last night, got up early this morning and, and was praying, I firmly believe, guys, and I'm just, listen, and, and this, you know, you take it for what it's worth, and, and 
you know, if you don't believe it and you think I'm just making stuff up, then, then that's up to you. But I firmly believe that in 2019, before this year is over, we, we are going to see the manifestations of so many words and so many, so many things that's been spoken out in this place that it is just going to be, I mean, it's going to blow us all away. I believe that many of the words spoken over you, spoken over that you've spoken over people, that I've spoken over you, that have been spoken out of this pulpit, I believe that those words in 2019, I, be, I firmly believe with my whole heart that if, we, that if we will get serious about mixing our faith with those words, that we will see those things come to pass. Now, here's the thing. It's, it's as simple as this, as simple as I can put it. You can either believe it or you don't have to believe it. I can't, you know, there's nothing else I can do. There's nothing else God can do. The ball's in your court. The question is, are you going to believe? If you you say, Pastor, man, you know, I believe, I believe that those words spoken over me. And and you might say, well, I hadn't had any words spoken over me. Well, then just believe the word. I mean, because this, this is the sure word of prophecy. Amen. You can believe every promise in here and say, I'm a believer. I believe what the Word says about me. I'm going to find myself in here, and I'm going to find myself, and I'm going to see what the Word says about me, and I'm going to see that come to pass in my life. That's a great place to start. Amen. Amen. And if you've had words spoken over you, maybe it's for healing, maybe it's for finances, maybe it's for, I mean, it could be anything. If you've had words spoken over you, then just grab hold of those. I encourage you to grab hold of them and say, I mix my faith with that and I believe that that word, I, I, I believe that that will be a now word for me here in 2019. Amen. And I understand that there's words that, that take time. I mean, there's words spoken over Stacy and myself, you know, 20 years ago. That we that we're just right now starting to starting to walk in some of those things. Some of those things take time. But listen, I believe time is accelerating to the point that we don't have that much time left. Amen. And if we're going to see those things come to pass, God's going to there's going to be an acceleration happening. And I believe, I believe those words spoken over me. I mix my faith with them, and I I, I believe that I will see them by the end of this year. So that's what the Lord told me to deliver to you. Now, the question is, it's up to you. What do you want to do with it? Amen. So let's just bow our heads. And listen, this is not a this is not something that necessarily has to be done publicly, but this is just something that you have to determine in your heart what you want. And if you want to believe, and if you say, Pastor, I want to believe that those words spoken over me, then you tell the Lord that right now. Because it's your faith. It's your faith mixed, you know, mixed with those words that, that, that are going to see that come to pass in your life. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just, uh, Lord, first of all, I just say, uh, Father, as, as the word you gave me, and I've already done this, but, Lord, I'll do it publicly. Lord, but I just repent of, of any words that I've said that, that have hindered the words spoken over my family, spoken over me. Father, I believe, I'm a believer, Lord. I believe that those words spoken over us came from you, Lord.